Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. I am joined today by Sarah Bradley, who just absolutely smashed it with two bros a couple of weeks ago. So hi, Sarah. All right, Hannah, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Loving the, loving life, loving the weather, like we just said. Yeah, yeah. fun on a Beautiful day today, although we were just saying training in this heat and cardio is not ideal. No, no, I suppose it helps with water weight, but if you're sweating your, sweating your balls off every day or walking in the sun, but no, it's all right. It's better than rain, I suppose. It's better than rain. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that positive spin the glass off. It's like water weight, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I wanted to bring you on this podcast, aside from obviously the figure of eight series being about strong women, both mentally and physically, um, and you definitely embrace that. The main reason was as soon as I saw you step out on that two bro stage, I was like, wow. And I was watching the live stream and my coach was in the audience because we had some teammates there and I text him straight away and I just wrote, wow. And he was like, I literally just said the same thing. Yeah, thank you. And you like, to say you embody like being a strong woman in the sense of not only do you look absolutely incredible and you can see that the effort that's gone into that physique but Mm. you just this air of confidence and joy and happiness to be on that stage was like infectious oh thank you Hannah yeah no I think it's it's funny like a lot of people who sort of said that to me after the show and they sort of said you know like oh goosebumps the atmosphere was electric I think a lot of a lot of times is these people have prepped 20 16 14 12 weeks and they get on stage and they just look like they're not enjoying it and I there are a couple of people that day where I was like what you're not even cracking a smile like Mm. you know the end result is the end result and if someone better than you turns up they're better than you hands down that's fine like and they win great you've had a great run hands that respect you you've won but get on that stage and just embrace it like who cares if you look like an idiot as long as you you know you hit your pose as well as long as you smile have a good stage presence and you know look the part then it doesn't matter so much but it's so infuriating when people just stand on stage and don't smile and you're like mm. girl you have spent so long working for this and you're you're standing on there like you've just been hit in the face like yeah. <laughs> just just go for it and that's one thing that you know the stage is my home I love this this is what you know I want to do for the rest of my life and the minute I step on stage that's it I'm, I'm, I'm home you know and that's what I want people to feel in the audience is you know we're here as a family as a unit fitness industry can be so snaky sometimes that when you're there as family and you're watching each other, you're supporting each other, then, you know, let's go for 110%. Let's be in this moment together. And that's what I try and embody when I'm on stage. Just get everyone involved, you know, because mm-hmm. there are bits of the fitness industry that are dark, that are annoying, that are like, well, you know, a lot of things are said that you don't want to hear. So in the moment where we can bring up positivity and have an atmosphere together, I do my best to try and like get that, get everyone involved. And that I think, but the regional, I, I tried my best to do it. And I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. And I, I hope to bring a, a better package and a better, you know, surroundings for the British. So I think that's why a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, you know, that was really sick. And I was like, yeah, I just want to, I love it. I want everyone else to be involved. So, yeah. Yeah. That massively <laughs> came through 
in your mm. stage presence. And I mean, you had a lot of support in the audience. That was clear from the noise that was being made. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very lucky in the fact that um, I, I've got a great support circle. And over the years, I've, you know, you pick and choose who you want. And ever since this became a little bit more serious, I kind of left the people who were just giving a little bit of negativity, holding me back, even if it was one or two percent, mm. I would... I would kind of push them aside as selfish as it is. I mean, it's a selfish sport. You just have to accept that. Mm. But the circle I've refined over the past two years, I would say is the circle that I want to carry forward in, in my career. I mean, I had only a few there at the British, but that's my main circle. That would be who I would consider family, mm. <clears throat> who I would consider the people that will push me. Will no matter whatever, how I feel, whatever they will push me to be my best, in everything not just training not just bodybuilding mm. but in my careers in my endeavors what I plan to do in the future um and it, it's there's nothing better than being able to be on stage but hearing who you want to make proud I mean I go out there and <clears throat> I want to make people proud you know I want to make my family proud I want to make my friends proud my missus proud all that kind of stuff and to hear them scream and shout my name is just something that you know, makes me want to be like, all right, I hit this pose ten times harder because I know they're watching. You know, yeah. and there's nothing better. And it's funny, like I've got about ten more people coming to the British, so it's going to be even louder. But it is, it's great. It, I love it. I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. So I've got, yeah. I'm very lucky in that respect. Yeah. Well, so interesting you say that. I've said this a few times on the podcast, and I, I kind of stand by this. You use the word lucky. Mm it's like one of my least favorite words because really? I genuinely don't think that it's luck. I yeah. think that you've made that choice to surround yourself with people that are good for you. that are a good influence. They're a supportive, like you say, your inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think luck almost diminishes the choice and the, the hard work that you put in. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense to be fair. You're a good person, clearly, if you have good people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of, I think good kind of brings in the good, doesn't it? It's like mm. a magnet, whereas the mm. bad tends to bring in the bad with a sprinkling of good, mm. maybe. <laughs> so coming back then, if we're talking about that inner circle and the choices <clears throat> that you had to make over the years with um, saying, okay, well, you're actually possibly not good for me right now, um, mm. but these people are. How did you go about that? Because I know that a lot of people listening to this will have influences in their life that they kind of maybe want to distance themselves from, but don't know how. So how did you go about that? So I think it's more, um, for example, uh, yeah, for example, so I had a gym that like a typical like pure gym or commercial gym that I was in, um, and you surround yourself with people that are just like, oh, I don't really care. Like, it's not really that serious, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I would, it's definitely it's more like I would move away from the situation. I know it's not so good when you run away from the situation, but say I had someone that was like, oh, so like, I'm a bit of a pessimist. I would just distance myself from that person over, over time. Mm. Obviously, you don't just disappear, but like, you work out the situation where you're like, okay, so this person's not that good for my mental state I'm just going to slowly move away from that situation over time so that eventually it sounds really selfish but 
eventually they're not in my life anymore mm. you know and I had that a lot when I was younger in school like I suffered really badly with my mental health when I was younger because I lost my mum and I had a circle of people that were just so toxic and because they were so toxic my mental health spiraled out of control it got worse um eventually like I was going to be hospitalized and stuff like that and over time because of because of that toxic environment I eventually moved myself away from that environment because I was just distancing myself and I think that's what I've learned when I was younger is if I want to be the best I can be start to distance yourself away from the negative area that you don't want to be in I mean it, it does sound selfish but it's the most effective way I think of getting rid of the negativity and then just moving into a positive area. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have that kind of like, oh, here's a negative circle, I can quickly just distance myself into a positive circle, then that's even better. It's even easier, I think, because you've already got a stepping stone, which is a positive one to move towards. Mm-hmm. So if the person that you're trying to distance yourself from is understanding enough and kind of get where you're coming from, then distancing yourself becomes easier. But if they don't and they're a little bit like off, I would just still say, you know, maybe the distancing takes a little bit longer, but get yourself out of there. It's just not worth the brain power. And mm. it can it can spiral so much out of control that you start to doubt yourself. You know, this mm. this sport of bodybuilding is already tough mentally anyway. No matter whether you're prep or off season, yes, prep's harder, but like I find that when I'm in prep, the smallest bit of pessimist or the smallest pessimistic person can really affect me. Even like one percent, it can affect the day. Mm. So I don't need that. And more when 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 I'm in prep, more so I will just shove them out mm. because I, I just don't want to have that issue or those thoughts. Mm. But if it's not if you're outside of prep, if you don't prep, if you're just like a lifestyle person, uh, but you do want to distance yourself, then I would just gradually move yourself out of the situation into a better one. Have you ever found yourself in a situation whereby maybe maybe you don't have time to distance or the distancing's hard and you've just had that conversation where you've gone with respect, you're not good for me right now? Yeah, I have, actually. I've actually had it both ways. So I've had someone say to me that I'm not good for them and that they don't want me around. And I've had the same conversation with someone else. But that conversation was with another bodybuilder. So we kind of understood where we were going from and we were both like, look, we just, it was a training partner. Um, right. And we kind of came to a conclusion that we both <clears throat> had different endeavours and we both had different people in our circles that meant, so it's a bit of a complicated situation, but I had people in my circle that meant more to me than this person did. So I would be more inclined to go towards my old circle than this new training partner. So essentially, my time schedule wouldn't necessarily work with his. So in the end, we were like, look, it's just not working. Mm. You need to go there. I need to go here. I've got my circle. You've got your circle. So let's just kick it in the bud and go from there. It might be harder with someone that isn't bodybuilding to be able to be like, look, this is just too toxic for me because Mm. they might not understand. But Mm. I think if you're if they're willing to listen and you're willing to explain a little bit to them about your lifestyle and what you do then they might be willing to listen and just be like okay fair well we'll just do whatever you need to do and then go from there but Mm. I think it's important if you can't distance yourself from that environment have the chat 
it can either go two of one way, like it can either be taken badly or taken well, but at least you've tried to have that conversation with that person, you know, and try to explain that you are affecting my mental health. So it's time that I need to back off and try and fix it, especially with, you know, mental health being such a big thing nowadays. If you mention mental health and that that is affecting you, I think a lot of people are like, okay, I'll give you some space and I understand your like wants and needs kind of thing. I also think if you say to someone, this friendship or relationship is impacting my mental health and they don't respect that, that's pretty much your sign straight away that they're not right for you anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's it, isn't it? It's down to respect. Like if someone, if you turn around and said, look, I, I have really bad mental health issues. I need to be able to focus on myself to get better. And someone turns around and, and they're like, well, that's just selfish. You know exactly that, right, okay, that's how you've approached it. I, I don't, I can't have that in my life because that's mm. just a bad move, you know? So you, that's really kind of, that. that's really kind of, showing you that 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 person is definitely someone you don't want in your life you know if they're not going to give you the respect and the time to get better mentally flog them off Mm. you know get rid of them and if that was I mean asking about yourself then in that situation have you ever found yourself in uh, I know you said you had a fantastic circle but like within your family it can be harder to go okay you're not right for me right now because yeah your blood at the end of the day (laughs) but I always find that when I talk to people um at the beginning of their kind of bodybuilding journey if you want to put a cliche name to it um family struggle to get their head around it because everything about your life changes all your priorities change and that can be quite hard on your family yeah so when I started, so I've always been really, like, always been super sporty. The minute I, I, I was born, I was running, you know. Um, I did powerlifting for a long time. I, when, obviously when my mum passed away, I was in the gym since I was 10 because I had obviously some mental health issues. So the gym was my outlet. It's what essentially saved me. I know that's cliche, but I was in such a dark place. Gym saved me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when I started to get a little bit more, serious for my bodybuilding my dad and my sister are always supportive but like you said it, it's it's a weird lifestyle everything changes you can't go out for food you can't really go out and see friends like I mean you can but it's not the same um training becomes that so much harder well, not harder but a lot more serious so in the beginning it was kind of like oh Sarah's doing this like good for her but I would like to go out and have food and stuff and saying no was much much harder yeah like especially with my dad he's a single man like for him to have to say oh no like I can't go out for food sorry it's a bit like disheartening but at the end of the day it's what needed to be done and he understood but he's now much much better so this year like they come to watch the British which is that he's never seen one of my my sister's seen one of my shows but my dad's never that's so exciting. yeah it's really exciting so it's really exciting I'm very very excited to have him there but I think this year he's kind of been like oh, okay this is more than just a fad you know and it's that that moment where they're like oh shit like she's actually yeah it's a serious thing so um and that was like so nice because he started asking about it started asking questions being a little bit more into it which is really nice obviously my sister's a little bit more like she knows a little bit more because she's been to shows and stuff like that but 
for him to come on board is just an honor you know like I would never force him into coming to watch just for example with him and my sister are into cars I'm really not a car person mm-hmm. so I would never expect them to force me to come to a car show and I would never force them to come watch a bodybuilding show just yeah. because it's like you know if it's not your thing it's not your thing and that's fair enough because you watch 100 competitors prance around on stage in the yeah. underwear but you know but <clears throat> this year has definitely been a turning point in regards to family dad supporting me more I mean they've always like I said they've always supported me from the beginning but this year the, su- the support from them they've just been a lot more understanding and because it is so much serious so much more serious this year being able to say no is actually easier I mean I don't live I've obviously got my own flat like so I don't live with my family um so I can I can say no because it's just easier because they're not around mm. um and it's also important that you know he's <clears throat> he knows that I, I've got a job to do and he respects that supports it anything I need he'll always support me but if I say to him look okay dad I've got a show in two weeks two after that I'm all yours you know yeah. and he's like yeah okay I can wait a little bit longer it's the same with my my missus it's the same with my sister it's the same with everyone if you just wait two more it's 14 days two yeah. more weeks and then I'm all yours you know it's 16 weeks like four four months where I just need to focus to be on me for a little bit again yeah. it's selfish but it is what it is it's the nature of the sport and a lot of people in my family now respect that a lot more than they did in the beginning because it's more of a serious thing now so um yeah it's he, I'm very lucky to be supported by from the very start but he has they've switched and it's nice to know that I can be a little bit more open about it with them so yeah so it's good to have him at the British this year it'll be exciting yeah I think there's always that penny <coughs> moment isn't there when they've not so, really yeah. understood it but all of a sudden they go oh you're you're good at this and you're like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's it <clears throat> and then all of a sudden it seems more acceptable for you to go uh, I think the important thing here as well is kind of translating what you've said is it's not that I don't want to do these things it's just this my journey right now my prep my off season whatever it may be is more important it's a priority for me at yeah. this point in time yeah yeah but you exactly. are a priority to me in a couple of weeks yeah yeah that's it exactly yeah I think but, framing so it like a job is important mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things when obviously with bodybuilding you don't get you don't get really any money until you're a pro a good pro level athlete and I think a lot of people assume that because there's not money involved it's not a job like for me I don't do it for money I don't do it for anything I, I just do it purely out of the love of the sport and because <clears throat> I'm sort of my dad and my sister are quite money driven they've always been very very good very good at their jobs etc um because I'm not getting paid is it really a job like yeah. just a time because obviously it costs a lot to compete you know but like yeah because I'm not getting paid he's like is it really really that important if you're not getting paid and you're spending so much money on these things like but I think once maybe eventually that sponsor maybe take me on or I do get my pro card and I do get paid from it it will be like okay he's understood that it's serious but now it's another level of serious and it is a full-time job so he's aware that I am serious about it and I want to take it to the next level but because there's no money involved currently he's a bit like well is it really is there really much of a point in you doing it if you're not earning from it you know Mm. 
I think that's a question that I've been asked a lot over the years is also oh, like you you won or you got second or third or whatever so how much did you win and you go, yeah <laughs> yeah nothing yeah yeah like, what do you mean you didn't win anything what's the prize money the prize is I worked really hard and I achieved my goal <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's a weird one to explain but I liken it to um like when they go and do something they love I'm like what do you get out of it appreciation and gratitude and success it's the same thing that's it exactly like if you go down the pub on a Saturday night why do you go down the pub on a Saturday night because you like it Mm. you know I go to the gym on a Saturday night because I like it Mm. my friends there my family's there you know like it's funny you just need to switch the situation to someone else's position you know and then they understand so yeah that's a good way of doing it Mm. I always use the um for women specifically I always use the idea of weddings <laughs> they're like you're you're not going out because like you've got stuff to pay for or you've got like the wedding dress or the flowers well I'm yeah. not going out because I want that more I want to do well in my competition more so you want your wedding more than you want to go out for a pizza tonight right. I yeah. want my trophy more than I want to go out for a pizza tonight and they go yeah oh, yeah that's a good point yeah yeah yeah. Or like a holiday diet. I'm like, you want to look good in your bikini on the beach. I want to look good in my bikini on the stage. It's the same yeah. thing. Exactly. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Try yeah. and liking it, liken it to their situation. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's it. Because you find these people that are like, oh, come down the pub. Doesn't matter if it's just one drink. And you're like, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely matters. And I always think as well, if um, when like my family are a nightmare, like my not my parents, but my wider family are a nightmare for going, it's one biscuit. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want one. I want the entire packet. Exactly. (laughs) One will lead to the other and I just can't do it. (laughs) And I don't want a a bourbon that bad. Yeah, exactly. Goals goals outweigh a bourbon, you know. (laughs) The bourbon will always be there. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's it. (laughs) So, um kind of coming to the figure of eight uh side of this podcast in this series mm-hmm. um obviously as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you are outwardly um i mean we've heard what a strong woman you are just from the conversation we've just had there and how you've dealt with things over the years and, and coming through your mental health journey will just add to that inner strength that you have but outwardly you are a muscular woman um yeah. you look absolutely outrageous the <laughs> the condition and the density that you bring oh sorry mate that's all right. I'm running out of battery ah um the condition the density like the detail is phenomenal but with that brings kind of a whole new look that people aren't necessarily used to seeing like I mean, I say that as a bikini girl, we're not gen pop and we get stares. Um, mm. But I imagine that's kind of amplified for yourself. Mm. So mm. how do you feel like out in public, whether that is shopping, like I mean, we've all got to go to Tesco's, it's unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like walking down the street over the beginning of this when we were just chatting, you said about like fasted cardio and doing it in a weighted vest. Yeah, um, yeah. So for me, I think confidence is, it, it, it's always an issue because it's not always an issue, 
But because I want so much from myself, I always see insecurities and always see issues. Mm. And when I walk down the street, so for example, when I train, uh, when I go out, even if it was like this, I would wear a jumper just because I can't be bothered to deal with people staring at me. So um, a couple of years ago, when I was much smaller, I was still big, but much smaller. I went out in like a long, like a long, long T-shirt that's kind of like a dress, walked into a Weatherspoons and two guys just turned around and just was like, what the fuck is that? And you think, okay, like, yeah, I get stared at and stuff like that, but there's no need to to say stuff like that and it is it does get you down it really does but it's just a matter of being like right just some random drunk bloke looking at me thinking like just because I'm different just because I'm not there like in a top with you know my boobs and stuff out doesn't mean that I'm not a nice person but I do get it a lot and it does affect me mentally and it still does to this day I'd be silly if I said to you that you know it doesn't affect me hence why I wear the hoodies all the time I don't really tend to wear shorts that often um but it's sad that society's made it that way and i am getting better but it just takes time um to get through that i suppose and it is just and it's a shame it's the nature of the sport but i think it's also a skill in the fact that i'm going to have to embrace it and i I love the way i look don't get wrong but i do always see that i need to improve i see insecurities i see all these things that as an athlete i want to be better but i think that's also what drives an athlete is wanting the constantly wanting more you know um but yeah it's just been something that I've had ever since I've been I mean obviously I'm much bigger now but even when I was smaller I used to get stares and comments and stuff and especially on social media like oh you know she's you know she's ugly she's masculine and all that kind of thing and it's just like if you embraced the 365 days a year that we all work then you wouldn't just be saying oh she's just ugly like, I don't just sit down and just, you know, this, I, I don't just sit down and look like this. This is my life, like 365 days a year, 24 seven, you know, and people don't appreciate how much work goes into something like this. They just see you walking down the road and think, oh, that's not like what I'd like to see. But then why am I, you know, why do people think that I'm trying to please them? Mm. It's like not being uh, sexist or anything, but you, when you see like, guys or girls comment on a say like a topless picture of a girl and a topless picture of a guy and they're like oh that's so disgusting that person hasn't put that picture up for you to comment on it mm. so why does your opinion matter mm. and i think it's getting over the fact that you stay in your own lane don't worry about other people's opinions or anything stay in your own lane work on you <clears throat> and you'll eventually be able to block it out but it, yeah it, it's it's been tough and it still does affect me but it's just a matter of you know embracing it making it driving forward using it as some kind of motivation while I'm training and you know prepping and stuff but it's sad that it does still happen literally like I started to get like a hot nose you know when you get a little bit emotional when yeah. you said about walking <laughs> into Weatherspoons and those two blokes said something <laughs> Yeah. Like that, what is wrong with people? I know, mate. And I was there with my my best friend, and even she turned around and was like, What? So they just said something to you. And I was like, Yeah, mate, I get it all the time. And I can't, and it's it's I'm saying because I can't, I don't wear, I'm quite a tomboy, like I don't, I'm not a fan of makeup, like I don't dress, I don't put on dresses or anything, unless it's like a nice situation to be in. Um, 
But I thought, oh, yeah, I'll go out in this nice yeah. top, it's nice weather. And then you're like, yeah, dressed up. And you need to get 90% negative comments and 10% positive. If that, you know. Yeah. And in the end, you're just like, you know what? I could have just come out in trousers and hoodie and they wouldn't have paid any attention to me, mm. which is what I would have preferred. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't tend to get it from women. I always just tend to get it from men. And I, again, I'm not being sexy. I'm not putting men in that, that bubble, not at all, because hardly any men are like it. But it, I've only ever really gotten negative comments from blokes, never really women. Do you think that's because they're emasculated by the fact that they don't hold the muscle, that they don't look, that they haven't worked hard, that they're sitting there having not put the effort in and it makes them feel like less of kind of a person? Mm, possibly, yeah. I mean, when you see a, a bigger woman, like a woman who's bigger than you as a guy, I can imagine it's quite emasculating, like... I can imagine it's quite, oh, how is she bigger than me? You know, like puff your chest out and stuff mm. like that. But yeah, I think it is just society and social media a lot of the time that puts into people's heads that someone should be a certain way and this person should be that way when mm. that's not the case. And I'm a firm believer of <clears throat> being a lion. Don't be a sheep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've had this, like, I've had ridiculous hair in the past. I've had bright, bright hair and worn stupid, ridiculous clothes and, and I'm a firm believer of be your own person. Like I've got a tattoo on my back that says embrace your own uniqueness because you are you, you are unique. Embrace it. Go out and be like, you know what? This is who I am. This is who I am. And I'm going to show the world that this is who I am. Mm. And I think getting those comments from you, yeah, it's hard, but you know what? Screw them. Yeah. I am me and I, I, I love me. I embrace me. And I think that's... You, when you find that point in your life where you're happy to embrace it, I think you've made it. Yeah, you're going to have things to work on, but embrace your own uniqueness, you know. Be a, be at that lion, don't be a sheep. Because lions succeed and sheep just follow the crowd, you know. Mm. I completely agree. I was just like, people can't see, obviously, because this is just an audio, but I was like smiling the whole way through while <laughs> Sarah was saying that. I love that. Embrace your own uniqueness. Um, and one of my friends said to me the other day, um, I was having a moment where I was just like, I had some negativity um, walking down the street from a man. Mm. And it kind of just made me feel really insecure. And like, I'm, I'm small in compared to like a lot of people, but he was smaller than me and like yeah. you experienced he said something negative and she said to me um exceptional people do exceptional things mm, that's nice so I think yeah. that is like a way to think about it like you can be a sheep like you said or you can be an exceptional lion yeah exactly yeah and I love that, that yeah I think it's just Again, social media, society pushing you into that, that crowd of sheep. Mm. People are too scared to be different. Mm. People are too scared to uh, have an undercut as a girl or, you know, wear completely ridiculous trousers because that's not what society thinks is okay. Mm. Um, and I think it's more, it's more confident being like, I'm not going to be like what other people want me to be like. I'm going to be like me. Mm. So... Yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? That hopefully eventually will get better with time. Mm. But I think more people need to have the confidence to be like, okay, I am unique. Let's let's embrace it and show the world like mm. who I am. Um, 
but yeah it's a funny one really I think as well depending on what part of the country you're in mm. will massively depend on how that's taken in yeah definitely yeah so I used to live in Brighton that's that's where I brought up that's where I was brought up and um you can pretty much be whatever you want there. Like, I do get some comments on, like, a busy day down at the seafront because yeah. it's tourists, so it's yeah. not actually the normal Brighton crowd. But you could go to Brighton and wear, and I quote, as you say, the ridiculous trousers, and no one would bat an eyelid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are other parts of the country where it's just, for want of a better word, a bit kind of chavvy a bit common or whatever it may be and it's more normal to um wear a tracksuit and be kind of hanging out on a corner with a quarter bottle of vodka than it would yeah. be walking out of a gym in a sports bra yeah yeah I agree it's a bit like Camden in London I used to spend all my time in Camden in London when I was younger because that's why I felt like I belonged yeah and it, because you would just there are people there that would walk just basically butt naked and you wouldn't be like oh well, you know, that's normal yeah but that's yeah, John yeah, yeah. <laughs> John is <always> naked yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I agree I mean I've always I've always lived in the country so um <clears throat> only recently I've lived in Gloucester because I, I came to university in Gloucester um and I've stayed here ever since I've been here for six years now and again, it's not in a city, but if you stand out, you stand out. So, mm. you know, um, so it is, I agree. I completely agree with that. Where you are, where you come from does have a massive impact on what people think around you. That's definitely, definitely true. So I mean, Brighton, Brighton's completely out there, right? Yeah. Be whatever <laughs> you want to be in Brighton. It's brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I, I think your environment makes you more accepting of different as well yeah yeah definitely definitely I agree um I remember when I was younger we had some family friends that came down from um Stockport just outside Manchester mm-hmm. and uh I was like 10 and I saw a trans person walking on the street very normal in yeah. and they were like oh my god and I, and I as a 10 year old I remember going what's your problem yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a man in women's clothing. And I was like, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Mm. That's a man in man's clothing. That's a woman in woman's clothing. What does what? it? Why yeah. It and yeah. I remember that was a point, a turning point where I was like, oh, okay. So people aren't all as accepting everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I do think that. Sometimes we need to, like you say, remove ourselves from kind of toxic situations. So mm-hmm. you're talking about the gym that wasn't as accepting of you potentially, or you didn't feel like you could push yourself in the same way there, or you change yeah. your environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that you would move away from Gloucester, maybe move to a a more accepting kind of town or city do you think it would ever get to that point or are you just like do you know what excuse my French but fuck it I don't really care what you think I think it's more of a fuck it you know like I have I'm glad a lot about moving to a place that will benefit me more but then it's also a situation where it's not moving is not just about me mm-hmm. I've got to see my missus mm-hmm. and if I said look I'm going to move down here because this is an environment I can, I, I want to be in. I've got to think about her as mm. well, you know, like, 
if she didn't want to move, then I wouldn't. I would just travel. So, for yeah. example, I train at a gym called Sutter's Gym, which is in Western Supermare, which is an hour away. But for me, that's where I need to be. And that's my environment. That's my home. And I'm more than happy to travel an hour because I still get to come home to her. I still get to come home to Gloucester because I see Gloucester as my home. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like... I would just be like, fuck it and embrace when I'm, when I'm, when I'm here because it keeps everyone happy as well as myself because it, Gloucester is my home. Like I've had, I've made so many good memories here and I would just rather travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it was, if it got to this position where I was like, oh God, this is just awful, I would move. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a, I'm a ve- I'm very lucky to be in the situation I am um, because we have a nice flat we live in a nice area we have both have jobs you know and I think like you said if it was to be like okay this is really affecting me I would move but now like fuck it like I love where I am happy to travel I've got great people around me you know what's the need to try and amend that when it's not that bad if that's yeah. anything? um and kind of touching on uh, your relationship and your missus, if you put her. Um, I don't know her name, so apologies for that. She's called Alita. Alita. Um, yeah. And Alita, is she into um, training at all, bodybuilding? What does she think of it? Did you meet her before, during, after? Like, yeah, so uh, Leeds, we met at uni. So Leeds is, um, she's been a footballer all her life. She got to like a, quite a high level of football. And she was a keeper for a long time, a goalkeeper. Um, and she went to study. She went to Gloucester Uni like I did. And we met and we sort of got going and we started a relationship in university. Um, she's now a football coach. She's a goalkeeper coach. Um, doing really, really well. So she's always, always been sporty like me. She's played every sport in the sun. She's fit. She's sort of like into it. So she, she fully embraces what I do. I mean, she supports me. The support she gives me is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, she's it's four months of basically me, and she's never complained once. I mean, in my first prep, she did the last two weeks with me, you know, and to have someone like that yeah. on 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 my side, I wouldn't be able to do it without her. And I know, and I know that for a fact. Is she keeps me on a straight and narrow? If I'm being stupid, she give me a clip around the ear or I'm like, man, man up. you know so she's yeah she's fully into it and leading up to the British it's what I need because I think the bridge between shows I I mean I tell people I love it it is hard the bridge between shows because you're in that weird limbo Mm -hmm. two weeks is not so bad but four weeks you're like it's a bit far bit you know and she's just been absolutely brilliant so and I think because she's had a sporty background because she's she knows the demands and needs of sports, certain sports. And being a coach, she knows what is needed from the athlete to succeed in their sport. And it's that knowledge and that experience that she's had that she fully embraces what I need to do to get to where I want to. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm very grateful because a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people go through preps and actually just break up. Yeah. Because one of them doesn't understand, you know. Yes, it gets hard. Like when you know, for example, I, I we don't tend to sleep, like, we don't have pyjamas. But when I'm in prep, I have to have pyjamas because I don't like looking at myself, you know? Yeah. I just, like, would wake up. And that's kind of, like, one of those things which is, like, 
oh, we don't really want to cuddle or stuff anymore. Because I don't really like, I don't really like physical touch and stuff when I'm so deep into prep. I just, I'm 100% focused. It is what it is. So it's things like that, that can affect like the physical side of a relationship. But again, she understands completely what I need to do. Again, it's 14 days from now, 16 weeks, whatever. It's four months. In the grand scheme of things, that's not that long, you know. And four months, one of those months isn't really prep. You know, you're just getting into it. So it's kind of just the fact that she supports it, knows that it's two weeks. And then again, like we said earlier, after those two weeks, I'm all hers. Yeah. We'll do whatever. We'll go traveling. We'll have food. You know, I won't be as restricted. And it's the fact that she understands that and goes with it that it's, you know, I'm, I am very, very lucky. And she's she's 100% brilliant. And I'm, you know, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do it without her. That's for sure. She sounds incredible. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. I mean, we've been together six years. So coming out in six years, and, you know, I don't see, it's this cringe and like, a little bit gay but you know I, I plan on marrying her so it's like one of those things that if she can get through two preps with me then I yeah. know <laughs> and then, like especially this one where I've been maybe a little bit more touchy I've been very much like focus mm-hmm. I don't need any more distractions I just tunnel vision and she's completely understood that and if she can get through me when I'm like this, then you know they're the one, you know? And if like if she'd maybe been like, oh, well, spend more time with me, blah, 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 I would have been like, mm. <laughs> But yeah, she's yeah, she's brilliant. I don't think that's cringe at all. I think that's lovely. <laughs> um, I think as well, it's quite interesting. She said, if, if you can get through preps, if we're talking about likening this to the, the outside world, it's yeah. like going through a lockdown. Oh, it is, 100%. So yeah, people broke up through a lockdown, and I'm like, if you were in a prep and in a relationship and in a lockdown, my God, <laughs> if there was a zombie apocalypse, you guys are sweet, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to so be true. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's so nice to hear that she's so supportive and that even though she's not in this world, she is in that kind of fitness and sport and coaching. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And she would do the same for, like, she knows I would do the same for her football. Yeah. You know, like, she had a great opportunity once that um, required her to go overseas. And I said, go. If it's free six months, go. Like, if this is your chance that could really make or break you, I'm 100% backing you. Because I know she would 100% back me. And I think that's what works well in a relationship is when you can both step back and be like, okay, you need to go away for six months. I need to do this prep for four months you go and do your thing we'll stay in touch obviously and we'll make it work and it's it's yeah. the ability for a relationship to work under stressful circumstances that you know that actually that she's invested in me and I'm invested in her so if we're both invested in each other then the only way is up you know yeah. and I always say this to her I say this to her I say it every, every time we've got big things coming you know as a couple as a team we always sort of be like yeah we're a team because we are yeah. And because we're both from sporting backgrounds, seeing each other as a driving force as a team, I say to her every time, like when we get up in the morning, I'll send her like a quote and stuff like that. Just for, you know, this is the mentality we need. Driving force, we drive each other. We're a team. And I think as a couple, that is so important because you can just balance off each other. Like one day I'll just be like, Leeds, I need your pit. Like I'll have her watch me do my praising rounds and I'll be like, what do you think? And she'll be like, okay, you need to work on this because that was crap. 
yeah. because she's brutally honest. And that's just from her coaching background, you know, she'll be like, yeah, you look like crap. So do it again. And I, I think love you, um, but that is not the one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And I think that's just from how her background as a coach, as an athlete. Um, but yeah, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Couple goals. Couple goals, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what other couples come to us for a relationship? And we're just like, no, just be gay. It's just so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my best friend. I've got my team, my coach. I've got my girlfriend, my sort housemate. Sort <laughs> yeah. I've got my zombie apocalypse plan. I'm good. There we go then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and interesting, just coming back to a point you made earlier, because I resonated with that massively. And I haven't heard many people be that brutally honest about it. And it was when you said about wearing pajamas mm-hmm. because you just don't want to see yourself. Yeah, yeah. At the end of my prep, I don't. I said this on a podcast a little while ago, and someone was like, uh, "the the kind of feedback that I got was what?" It's mm. like I don't look in the mirror when I'm peeled. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Saying... Get up, take the pajamas off, go shower put new clothes on absolutely do not look in the mirror at any point because I'm just like I don't want to see that yeah or you find yourself looking in the mirror too much and there's like sometimes I get in a spiral like that where I look in the mirror too much and then I'm like oh okay stop and then then I won't look in the mirror I'll try and avoid looking in the mirror but yeah like it's a weird one definitely and I'm glad I'm not the only one that Mm. wears clothes in bed (laughs) I think when it's like you're in the gym and you're training you're lean you've got a bit of a pump and although you're looking in the mirror and maybe you don't love, like you maybe don't feel sexy. Yeah. You, you can appreciate, you're like, oh, I've got a pump. I look good. I like this. Yeah. So yeah. When you wake up in the morning, you're flat and you're bony. And you're exactly. Like, yeah. This is like cute. Yeah. And like, you don't, it, she doesn't want to cuddle a fucking, like, she doesn't want to cuddle a bag of bones, you know, like. But just, is that her or is that you saying you don't, she doesn't want to cuddle? Like, that's just, me. Yeah. yeah. Definitely me. Like, yeah, I just couldn't think, I don't want to lie there and constantly be thinking about how I look. So I just cover it with clothes, mm. you know? And I think <laughs> admitting it, because I wouldn't admit it in the beginning that it was more like a confidence thing. But now I'm like, yeah, I just don't really want to see myself. So I'll just wear clothes in bed. And that'll like that'll go after prep. Don't get it wrong. It's just like the last four weeks of prep where I'm like, yeah, I'd just rather wear clothes. Mm. You know? When you got a little bit of body fat on you and you're feeling a bit more yourself, exactly. you'd be yeah. like, right. <laughs> Put those pajamas in boxes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, no, I think that's quite common as well that we push our kind of feelings and insecurities about ourselves and we make a decision for other people like oh they wouldn't want to hug me right now or or they don't find me attractive right now or whatever it may be but I think it's important to remember just from what you've told me right now that the attraction between you two is a lot of drive you're attracted to that kind of passion Mm, as opposed mm, to the outwards so yeah yeah I agree Maybe forget about the the peeled leaves for a couple of days and and have a little cuddle because it'd probably yeah. go a long way at this point of prep. The endorphins you get from a cuddle would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? But yeah, funny old thing, prep. 
it's yeah it is very weird um so i've got a couple of more questions if that's right i'm conscious i've had you on on for an hour that's right no worries um but i ask everyone these questions so the first one is looking over the entirety of your life not just like your bodybuilding career and, and training and things like that but all the way 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 back to mini sarah is there anything you look back and you think i wish i'd done that differently hmm. i don't i don't think so actually like i don't remember like yeah, everything i've done is perfect but like the things that have happened in my life and the experiences that I have had have made me who I am today. Like without those experiences, I would be a very, very different person. Like take an extreme example, mum passing away. Like, yes, it took me a long time to accept that. But now, like I accept it and it's just life. You just have to move on. But that period of time in my life made me who I am today, made my mental state what it is today. Like, yes, I carry scars and stuff, but I'm proud of that, mm. you know, and I wouldn't change anything because I like to think that I'm a much stronger and a much more, a much better person for those experiences mm-hmm. because they happened. Mm. And I know people be like, oh, so cliche. Like, yeah, there must be something that you change. There's actually absolutely nothing you know, because it is just the experience of life. And I, I, you know, I'm becoming someone that I want to be. And that's a bodybuilder. Yeah. And these experiences of me, and I think that's why I'm so driven in prep, because I'm very much a 100% or nothing. And that's come from past experiences. That's come from playing sport when I was younger, you know, being disciplined, being at the athletics track by six o'clock or doing this, doing that. And I was always on a meal, like not a meal plan, but I was always quite nutrition driven when I was younger and I would write out all my diet plans for the week and then my training and stuff. And that was when I was like 10, you know? So these experiences are like what have made my mental weight, my mental state, what they are today. And I'm proud of those experiences. So in all honesty, there wouldn't be a thing I would change. No, not at all. Maybe some drunken nights out at university, but everyone has those. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's good. Um, funny you say about the drunken <coughs> nights. Um, there have been a couple of people that have said the same thing. Like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't change anything. I don't know. There was a couple of nights <laughs> at uni where it's not ideal. Um, yeah. But no, I think everything frames us to be the people that we are. So I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing worse than people looking back and being ashamed. Oh, you should never yeah. be ashamed. Yeah. You know? But yeah, no. Embrace, embrace what you've done in your past and... Yeah, you'll get Absolutely along. Own it, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Even the embarrassing drunken nights, just own it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Embarrassing drunken night has led me to a six-year relationship. What more could you want? You know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> if she liked you, then then I mean, it can't it can't get any worse, could it? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and obviously. You are Sarah Bradley. You are IFBB bodybuilder, um, daughter, sister, girlfriend, athlete. But what would you like to be remembered as? Oh, that's a good question. Someone who made people proud and made people smile. I would like to be remembered 
for making people smile. Too many people don't smile nowadays and people are not positive enough nowadays. People are always like, oh, it's sunny outside, but I like it's also raining. And they think more about the raining than the sun. Yeah. You know, love to be remembered for positivity, for making people smile. That's why I'm like I am on stage. Mm. Because people should smile. People should embrace the moment. And I would like to be remembered for that. And I would like to be remembered for my drive and my determination, my focus. Because that's something I'm very proud of myself, is the focus that I put into a lot of things that I do day to day. Like I said, I'm zero or 100%. And I think people should remember that about me. So those would be the, the things that I would like to be remembered for, is smiling, positivity, and my drive. Because those are the three things I'm most proud of. I, that's a lovely thing to be remembered for. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I totally agree with the stage presence. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'll wrap it up with the same thing. The energy was electric. And I just literally got goosebumps then. Um, like, it, I've, I don't think I've ever seen someone come on stage and the audience like just absolute uproar and I know that you had people there but the amount of people you had there did not equate to the amount of noise that came from the audience and when I had several friends texting me like shit who's this she's unreal yeah yeah oh thank you yeah um so wow I, I can't wait to see you hit the British and I really do hope that you uh, achieve the pro card goal um, oh, I hope so too I have all the faith in the world in you if it's not this show it will be a show it's just a matter of time because you look phenomenal um thank you so much Helen. no that means the world thank you you are welcome and thank you so so much for joining the podcast sharing your experiences and sharing your advice with everyone no, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Always happy to come on whenever you need me. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do figure of eight revisited. Yeah, that'd be cool, actually. Yeah, do it after the British. I'd be more than happy to do it. Just name time and a place and I'll be there. When you've got that pro card. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anne.